The San Antonio Public Library podcast team, Tuned In, presents eSports in San Antonio series. Hello everyone, this is Edward Mayberry with the San Antonio Public Library Tuned In podcast team. And today we have Cassie from the eSports committee. How are you doing today, Cassie? Very good, Edward. Thank you. And we have two special guests. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Ansley Partosa. I represent the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio, and we are indie developers and uh, people who create games and also like to make games in a community group here in San Antonio. And I also represent the San Antonio Smash community, and we play Smash Ultimate primarily, uh, mostly online right now, but you know how that is. Hey guys, Chris Lyons here, uh, store manager at Play Live Nation over at 1604 in Calibra, and also founder and co-owner of Texas Gaming Empire and Alamo City E-Leagues, esports organizations uh, trying to bring you awesome tournaments and elevate the esports scene here in San Antonio. Awesome. Thank you for having me on our show today. Today, our topic is going to be esports in our community. San Antonio Library, we're trying to bring more awareness to the community about esports and we're having programs. Mm-hmm. Of course, COVID put a little damper in it, but we had the Mario Day, we want to have National Game uh, Video Game Day. So what can we do or what can an average person do to get more involved in their community if they're interested in getting esports? or just been a spectator or a competitor? So with the library, we discovered, well, we created a our very own esports committee staffed with library personnel that focuses on promoting and creating esport events for the library. The esports is competitive, but we are trying to do this as a launch pad to to make it more accessible to the community. So it's kind of kind of like your first taste into the esports world. And I know lo- there's a lot of local venues and organizations that provide a more in-depth and well-rounded experience with esports. Yeah, for sure. Uh, over at Play Live Nation, uh, we try and host a wide range of games um, from fighting games like um, Tekken, Soul Calibur, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter uh, to shooting games like Fortnite, Apex, um, Overwatch, uh, Call of Duty, uh, to sports games, Madden, FIFA, 2K. I'm a sports guy, so those are kind of my favorites. And um, and in, even Smash Ultimate, like uh, Andrew's been to the facility a few times, um, and we're one of many that hosts uh, Smash tournaments. Uh, there's LFG Cyber Cafe, Shenanigans Gaming, um, Otaku Cafe, Anime Tokyo. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to find games uh, throughout the city. Yeah, I love what you guys do at the library because when I was a kid. I think the only time I could ever play the real legit DDR that everyone likes is when I went to Cody Library and I joined a DDR club that was set up by a bunch of teens there. It, it's really nice. Like I love that the library holds events because my parents were like, well, it's a library. It's kind of educational. So they would like just drop me and my brother off and we would play DDR for hours. So public venues are very receptive to creating events and having these kinds of tournaments around like Chris mentioned all of those venues and even like I go to Geekdom and they're so great with helping out with my community events which are not necessarily esports but with the Greater Game Society we've had game jams where we teach people like here you can create a group and learn how to make games with everybody and it's kind of a weird powwow of a 48 hour session where you try and make a game but esports wise definitely there's lots of places in san antonio to ask venues like a lot of the smash 
tournaments are usually community driven, very grassroots. So you can come up to, I think even uh, Top Golf was wondering to like get business and to get people to come by and because they have a great events room and they wanted us to host Smash tournaments there. And then maybe if we're bored, we can play golf. So it's a win win for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, as a venue, it's important because a lot of these events can be held on weekdays where it's generally pretty slow. So it helps provide revenue streams in that aspect. Um, but then as a player, you know, it's a great opportunity because different locations, different venues are at different locations throughout the city. So if you live all the way on the west side, it might be hard to go all the way to the east side for a venue. But with different venues uh, doing the tournaments on different days, especially in the smash scene, it gives everybody an opportunity to find something near them and be able to get out there and, and participate and compete against their friends. So for let's say I am a new I'm new to this whole scene. I want to be, you know, I put in my 90 to 100. 120 hours and you know overwatch <laughs> i want to compete i want to get into the scene how do i how do i do that how do i get into competitive esports what kind of what does the venue look like what does the experience look like what do you know what can you tell me to help me visualize that process yeah i would say first thing you know google it um google overwatch tournament san antonio texas um then you can search on facebook for different groups uh i think i have a facebook group over Overwatch San Antonio, Texas. Um, you can find them by going to the business page, Alamo City E-Leagues, and going into the, the groups tab. And from the groups, you'll see a whole bunch of video games. Um, it, it's hard to stay active in all of them. And that's where, like Ansley pointed out, you need that grassroots effort. Like, I can only help organize. I can't be driving force in all of them. There's just not enough time in the day. And so it's really up to the community. The more the community is involved and the more they engage in those groups, the more that they're going to come out. And that's what makes Smash so awesome is because they have a very active group. They have a very large active group. And so they're able able to support a weekly basically every day of the week at a different venue so that's pretty awesome and special for that community and one thing that i have been trying to do and continue to work to, towards is building that type of atmosphere with different genres as well and because it's really fun stuff i mean smash group cruise it i think it's also like chris said like finding the groups on facebook a lot of groups seem to have a discord nowadays which is really great and especially those at a collegiate level, I believe at least every college now has some form of an esports club or a just gaming club or esports team if they're like a university. I know that I think I saw it, North Osista finally is making an esports team, which is great because I know like seeing the universities have one makes the community colleges say, why can't we? So it gives equal opportunity for everybody, which is really cool. Which makes and- me think, I'm sorry, Anzi. No, you're good. Oh, I was just going to say, it's important to try and establish them at high school levels. Um, as I've mentioned on the essay uh, library podcast is like one thing we're trying to create is the high school versus high school leagues, but I can't go into the high schools and create these teams for, for these schools. It has to be upon the community, the kids, the teachers, the staff, the admin there uh, to want to be a driving force in that and really create something awesome. I mean, it, it's there to it's there to be had. Um, I've seen a couple of articles from places up north that have kind of already started doing it and stuff. So it's definitely the next wave. It's definitely the future. And it's definitely something we need to start creating now. Chris, you mentioned sort of like the high school level and uh, the library, San Antonio Public Library. I think for the past two to three years, 
we've we've created a um, well, we host a Smash tournament at NerdvanaCon, and oh. that is yes, it's it's at uh, I believe Stevens High School, and um, what they do is it's it's a anime sort of pop convention, but they invited the library to host, and last year it was amazing. We had I mean it was almost two to three hours of nonstop gameplay. I believe we had like sixteen contestants. They were all teenagers from all around awesome. the city. And they I mean, it was amazing to just watch them, you know, play against each other. They've never met each other. A lot of friend groups came together to, you know, from across town to compete. Some of my teens here from the South Side, I saw them at that event competing. And, uh, you know, one of the, I think two of the top players were, were, um, were girls, were ladies. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing to watch the teens get involved into that scene. And yeah, they've been playing for a while. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. One thing that we actually did with uh, Central Catholic High School is, um, we actually, uh, ran a recruiting event for them. They were trying to get middle schoolers to, you know, go Central Catholic and so it was right before COVID happened and they had a DJ we did it in their historic gymnasium it was pretty awesome we had Fortnite FIFA and Smash Ultimate um, Cycle Ward Mr. Johnny Ward helped me run the, the Smash over there so definitely shout out to Johnny appreciate you um, yeah and it was super fun I mean you know you got all these kids playing and, and having a good time uh, and it's definitely where society is headed yeah I'm I definitely appreciate Nerd Bonacon. actually the last one that happened I did have an art booth there so yeah super supportive to the community um i know i'm not that old i'm just like 24 but if i had that when i was in high school and everything i feel like just my involvement in the community and even maybe my art would have just like skyrocketed way very well nirvana was great and they invited the greater gaming society's indie developers also to have booths there which is great because then you have the indie developers in san antonio show the kids like yeah we create games and we're still in san antonio you guys can do it too or like promote their product i think that since especially since it's a convention in a high school just provides like a really good safe environment because i remember back in the day maybe early san japan days my dad would be like you want to go to what and you're gonna dress up as a what from where <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah, sort of, yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. So I have so, another question for you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ansley. No, it's okay. I was just going to go ahead and expand that. It's cool to see the parents now normalize and want to be more involved with what their kids are into. I think it's what's amazing with Fortnite, honestly. It gets oh, a yeah. lot of hate, but Fortnite has such diverse player base. Like it, it, at Play Live, it's pretty awesome seeing like whole families, husband, wife, son, and daughter playing together. It's it's pretty cool. Wow, that's amazing. I do hate Fortnite. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I, you hate it or you love it, but I hate Fortnite. I haven't played it. I don't... <laughs> My little nephew plays all the time. I'm like, why are you playing it? It's horrible. But then again, I played Call of Duty Battle Royale, Warzone. So it's the same thing. But for some reason, I just I hate mean, Fortnite. I'm more of a Call of Duty guy myself. Yeah, it's just crazy. So I want to expand on what you just talked about. So we, you mentioned Ansley's group, Smash Brothers group, the Smash Brothers group. You have the independent cafe groups and you have the college, Texas A&M and St. Mary's. What other contributors in the community are helping to get the message out, bring awareness about esports in San Antonio? Uh, different esports organizations. So I mean, obviously mine, Texas Gaming Empire, and then almost City E-Leagues. Um, and then uh, there's current esports that's big in the Smash. Um, there's Savage Horseman, Call of Duty. Um, you know, just different ones. 
And I mean, just the way to get involved more is to find these events like we're talking about, because uh, I, I don't really think there was any 2K events before I, I really started doing them as far as like the pro-am scene. Um, so that that's pretty awesome. And they just need to be able to search on Google, Facebook. Discord's a little harder to find, but you generally find the Discord links through Twitter or, or Facebook, which Twitter is another thing. And just get our numbers and text us or call. I prefer text, please text. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with people becoming more savvy, like digitally. I know that it's such it's kind of like a weird hassle becoming a community manager because people think, oh, you just make a tweet and then people automatically see it. Right. Like, no, there's a lot of weird things like algorithms who follows you. Like, do you have the location set for things, getting your friends to share it? And really, it's like it's grassroots, but it's like more digital grassroots of like, hey, can you share this post and let people know? Like, even if you're not going, just share it. Just let people know (laughs) that this event is happening at the library. This event is happening at Otaku Cafe. answering questions that are actually on the post that they're responding to it's like it's literally right there in the post but okay you know i'll respond or whatever but oh man <laughs> i know it's different now because everything is virtual so it's kind of like again as lee said a virtual sort of grassroots movement instead of you know it's word of mouth but it's word of mouth virtually mm-hmm. i do have to get give a shout out to um or recognize geekdom for initializing a panelist discussion for pack south and so they were able to to, to pull together a lot of resources for that panelist discussion. And it, it definitely influenced the library to to notice how important that community was and to recognize that community with the programs and events at the library. Oh, cool. So I would, I would step, I want to take a step back for a second. What introduced you to gaming? What got you involved in gaming in the beginning? What's first, what first got you into starting to play video games and esports? Mm-hmm. And I remember you, saw, you mentioned that you started with Smash Brothers in college. Yeah. Yeah, esports professionally, I started in college uh, with Smash Brothers because uh, my professor at the time, uh, Joe Guerra, he was bragging about how he was like top 10 in San Antonio and like Smash 4. And I said I didn't believe him. <laughs> so I was like, I bet I could beat you in the game. I did not. And. <laughs> I think it also stemmed from he just wheeled in a cart of the Wii U with the projector and was like, if any of you can beat me, you guys get an A on your final. No questions asked. None of us beat him. (laughs) That was fun. And it led me to go to the uh, local event at Otaku Cafe, which was weird because back then we only had one tournament. But then once the newest game came out, everyone started getting really into it again. And then we started seeing a lot of new faces. So then everyone's like, oh, well, we can have it at many different venues. So that greatly opened up the avenue for me. And it led me to different opportunities where I get to travel with friends like out of city and even out of state to cheer on people to like meet other players that are even like world famous, which is crazy. Yeah, for sure. I guess what got me into esports is, um, you know, growing up, uh, I always played like a Madden franchise with my cousin and a friend. And, um, you know, you control your own own team so that we'd have three user control teams, but the rest would be the computer. And so, you know, growing up, I was always like, I wish that I could be a part of a franchise that had all users. So every trade is between a person and not the computer. And uh, so I kind of got into some truck driving. The oil fields kind of started slowing down and I wound up uh, selling my rig. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do this esports thing. Like I, I kind of seen a couple of things on TV. 
I just feel like this is where it's going to be at. And so I invested all my money in some TVs and some consoles and started throwing tournaments. Um, I, I <laughs> my first one, I had one person. Like I, I thought it was, I thought you could make a flyer, you could post it. You know, I got in a conference room at a hotel, and I was like, oh, this will be easy. You know, all my friends, I know a lot of people that play Madden, they'll spread it. You know, and no, it's a lot harder than that. You know, so you got to get in there. Um, actually, the way I was able to be super successful in my second tournament is uh, back a couple of years ago, Madden EA used to have uh, where they would let somebody like me throw a sanctioned tournament and oh, they, could wow. get, they could get uh they could get ea uh, whatever the coins are called mutt points or whatever to, to get to their their the ea you know top level tournaments and so there was actually going to be one in austin and so uh, i went to the one in austin not to play i just i i even i wound up uh, helping officiate and stuff and just kind of making sure people were where they're supposed to be at and stuff like that and so it was a really awesome experience i got to meet a lot of uh, top players because since it was a sanctioned tournament like you know those people coming from from virginia and, and california and stuff like it was a a big tournament and um so i got to leave a lot of the uh, a lot of the pros in the texas scene were there as well and so at that time i had business cards and stuff and so i passed out some business cards and so in madden 18 i wound up actually running a, a, a texas wide circuit where i had tournaments in san antonio dallas and houston and then a final here in san antonio uh it was actually two years ago when play live first started opening up so that was a cool way to open up play live with the big uh texas gaming empire uh, madden state championship finals and actually our winner was jay mills who was in uh, a lot of the club championships and, and Madden Bowl championships and stuff. He got pretty far. I think he got like fourth or fifth or something. Uh, so he's still, you know, this is Madden 20, so it's two years later. So he's, he's still a top competitor. Um, so that's pretty awesome to be a part of. And and in 2019, I was, I was supposed to throw an EA sanctioned tournament, but because of how successful my circuit was, there, like I was the only person in America that had actually did like a circuit instead of just some random tournament. And uh, But unfortunately, that event in Jacksonville happened. And so uh, EA stopped doing those sanctioned tournaments. Um, I'm not going to go into it. You have to look it up later. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, and it just goes, it kind of propels from there. Cause I mean, you, you're doing Madden, you start meeting FIFA players, you start meeting 2K players. And then, you know, when, when, when Play Live opened up, that opened up a whole bunch of doors because now it's my job to bring in all these different events and bring in, in the tournaments. Fortnite was obviously popping. So I got heavily involved in the Fortnite and then the Call of Duty scene. Uh, we've got a n- nice Texas Call of Duty scene. Uh, Dallas is doing some cool things. I've got some friends over there. Uh, I got a buddy who wound up finding an investor and they turned an old ITT tech school into an esports arena over there in Dallas. Oh, wow. And they've got all this like top of the line production stuff and it's, it's it's super sweet. So that's why like I'm super excited about Port SA and them opening up and I hope some way I can find myself in there doing something because you know, when he was building that facility out, he was calling me asking me about how we were doing it at Play Live and my ideas and stuff. And so it's like, you know, I already see my vision happening over there in Dallas. And it's like, I, I need to, I need to hear, you know, so. <laughs> they are going to be on another panelist discussion coming up, coming yeah. soon. With Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. with Stephanie and Will. They're going to, from Ford SA, they're going to share um, the topic for that pot, uh, that video discussion is the Stop future, security. the future of esports. Oh, so I need another panelist. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the things they're going to talk about is the future arena that that they're building in San Antonio. So that that definitely is a you know a related relevant uh, topic to like, discuss. Yeah, that, that guy Chris won't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> any new information? Any new information? I'm always bugging her. Yeah. So, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, it just shows the excitement that everyone has for the arena. Because I know, like, lots of different groups are very excited to hear about the arena. 
And then since a group, a huge chunk of us went from San Antonio to the Dallas Esports Arena to see what it's like. It's just staggering, amazing to see like this Esports Arena is just across the lake from a huge baseball stadium. And like even the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, it was like crazy to think that, oh, man, this is going to be in San Antonio, but better. All right. There you go. Super excited. So, and some other cool esports stuff that we've done over at Texas Gaming Empire. Uh, we did the first ever esports night with the San Antonio Spurs. So we actually had some tournaments in the ATT Center and the HEB Fan Zone um, from like noon to six. And then part of it was they got to watch the game at seven thirty. Um, so that was a really awesome experience. Um, and then also we so the NBA two K they have the actual NBA teams have two K league teams. Most of them, not all of them. There's like twenty two. Unfortunately, the Spurs don't yet. Uh, we've been making like a push for the Spurs to get it. We're like, you don't even need to invest in equipment and stuff y'all can just come use our facility you know um but we held we had some like 2k program where it's like 5v5 type stuff and we've also sponsored a, a team to the dallas mavericks they they had a in november of last year they had a texas ticket where they invited a whole bunch of teams um that was a really awesome experience as well um we got to you know a bunch of the 2k league coaches and stuff like that and uh so it was a really eye-opening experience to see how they did it and yeah i mean once you once you go like i, I said in in that last uh podcast thing that we did with the stats i think it was something like 84 season zero like you know newbies that come they they, they find they kind of gravitate more towards it and find something that, that's going to keep them coming back mm-hmm. and you mentioned cool. you, know, you mentioned casual gamers so you can be a casual gamer and still be part of an esports league you don't have to be top of the line top 10 in the nation you can just be the regular joe blow and still be able to join an esports team correct only the top 10 can be the top 10 so <laughs> that's right so that shouldn't discourage you from trying to join or getting out there and participating just because you're not the best you, you have, have to work your way up to the top exactly i think also just just being a spectator and being involved in the community is really big, especially now. That is an amazing piece of support for the esports community is showing up and supporting programs, events, anything that is related to esports. And that's, you know, that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm not an esports competitor. My role is a dedicated spectator. I really enjoy watching the game being played, watching the strategy, figuring out the players, figuring out the strategy on my own, you know, and then going home and trying it myself. I'm not necessarily going to be trained up to be an esports competitor, but as a spectator, I'm all for it. Definitely. Yeah. Which leads me to uh, um, another experience. A uh, big shout out to Brandon Alexander. He's a huge uh, person in the fighting game community. Um, he used to own a ultra arcade. Um, unfortunately, it's not no longer open. It closed a few years ago, but um, when I first got into esports and was starting to throw tournaments he actually had brought the ki world killer instinct world cup to san antonio it was at the tobin center and it was a three-day event i was only able to make the sunday event but it was really awesome because i'd only met brandon one other time like three weeks before and had like i was asking him about throwing tournaments at ultra arcade and it was just like a 30-minute conversation first time ever three weeks later i'm going through the hall halls of tobin center and he runs into me he's like hey chris how's it going you know remembers me exactly everything and so you know really awesome guy and that's really appreciative and the and I'm not really a fighting game guy, but Killer Instinct World Cup for me was so awesome, especially in the Tobin Amphitheater. Like the seating was so awesome. It's and nice then the crowd, place. yeah, and the crowd's so into it. It's like the moves and stuff, like you really feel like you're in a real, uh, like you're watching boxing or wrestling or MMA, you know, everybody's just really into it. And it's just a vibrant atmosphere. It's electric and it's something that you need to go to if you haven't been to yet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, with the spectator stuff, I, you saying Tobin Center reminded me that there was this really, really cool, um, like a touring band that played video game music, and then they held it at the Tobin Center. I remember a few years ago, I was an intern working on a spooky VR project, so it was like a scary game, but in VR, and they knew that there were indie developers in San Antonio, so they were asked to showcase their game in like one of the event halls while the intermission was going on for this amazing video game like concert. So I think it's fun that even if you're a casual player, or even if you don't even know the games that much, you can appreciate the music and even the art of games. Like I've, there's plenty of games where I see the art, I'm like, that's cool. I probably can't invest all my time in it, but I like that. And I think the other contributing thing for getting people in the community and even getting casual players into the games is the exposure, especially on Twitch. It's cool, too, because even though it's online, I've seen a lot of even SA or even Stream Tech or what is it? Stream Texas. They're a great group who like to support each other and local streamers in Texas. And it's like if someone's close to getting affiliate, which is a Twitch affiliate where you can get uh, subscribers and donations, then they'll be like, everyone watch this person's stream, support this person so they can like start their career. So it's very community driven. You mentioned the music. I remember back in 2018, Santa Fe Library, we had a table at PAX South. And that was my first experience to the gaming world. And it was amazing, truly amazing. There was tons of people, cosplay People selling vintage video games, people playing playing Magic, Dungeons and Dragons, and they had a live performance of video game music. And that was so crazy. It was so amazing to hear the music from the games, Mario, all the themes for all the games being played by instruments. It was a truly amazing experience. And with that said, what other conventions would you recommend anyone interested in esports to attend or to look out for in the future? Let's see. PAX um, is pre- pretty much the big one. Um, there's... I mean, not video game related, but another awesome convention we have here in San Antonio is the Celebrity Fan Fest with Bob Blue. Oh, yes. Um, he's a real good guy. Um, they have a lot of cool stuff going on. And a plan I have is to try and get all the San Antonio venues and tournament organizers together and host big tournaments for Celebrity Fan Fest. Maybe one day I'll be able to make that a reality. Um, that's a little trick up my sleeve that we're trying to play in the future. Um, Let's see. Um, I like uh, going to see in Japan a lot. That's like, it's an anime convention, but they're always very nice to the Greater Gaming Society letting the indie developers have like a huge section. And it's kind of cool too, because even if they're not strictly in San Antonio, maybe they're outside San Antonio or even some people who have been from Austin, they give us a table and people can showcase their games, which is like super great exposure. And also that's a great way to find a lot of bugs in your game too. (laughs) Direct feedback, figuring out what breaks in person is terrible, but fantastic. Um, Another uh, convention that I liked to go to was uh, DreamHack. I don't know what cities they're in because it seems like they just choose a different city every time. But I did get to go when they were in Austin. So that's a really cool convention. And they also showcase speedrunners, which is really interesting. And speedrunning community is where they try and finish the game as fast as possible, either through clipping through walls or doing like interesting cheats that you wouldn't expect to get you into like the last level of the game. But I really liked and figured out a lot about games watching them. (laughs) 
Evo was a big one, but with the situation that happened a few months ago, I don't I don't know how that'll play out. I'm sure they'll they'll come back in a way. And one a local one to look forward to is uh, the electronic gaming convention. That's uh, going to be by San Antonio's own Angelus. Uh, he he uh, is actually an indie game developer as well with TV Studios. That's supposed to be in February, as far as I know. Right now, it's still a go, but I know it's kind of iffy with the COVID situation. And another one is Super Bit Fest um, with Joseph Devine. Uh, he actually just opened a, a little Wizards Music School studio. Uh, you'll have to quote, um, you know, I apologize if I didn't get that exactly right. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, he's, he's that one's more like concerts with just like a fighting game tournament. So it's more about the music, but it was also, it's like video game music. So it's the video game music with a couple of tournaments and stuff and then vendors, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the electronic gaming convention is just like all video game tournaments and then and vendors as well. Ansley, I looked up some info about DreamHack and it looks like, you know, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it's like the 20, some of the 2020 dates are rescheduled for next oh, year. No. So. Yeah, DreamHack's really awesome. I don't know how I missed them for <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like anything within this year of twenty twenty, I'm like, oh, I don't know if a convention's gonna happen, but yeah. I'll just wait on it. Which kind of is a downer because that I know a lot of people use that as their hub for like oh, I can't make it on Monday. Or like if your schedule's on a line with a friend, everyone's eventually going to be at a convention. So we'll just meet up then. Right, right. This is cool. Really enjoyed this conversation. Have one more question before we close out. Being in San Antonio, what do you prefer, tacos or burritos? Mm-hmm. Ansley, you first. Mm-hmm. I want to say... And why? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say tacos because I, I don't have a lot of variety of burritos, you know? Like you, you can have like different kind of streetcar tacos, and then like with all these new uh, food trucks, I swear like they make every new different kind of taco too. You know, like with all these things that aren't normally in a taco, like pineapples. Ugh. Weird, but yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go tacos as well. Yeah, why? Uh, I don't know. It's just what born and raised on. I we didn't really eat burritos too much, so I'm just gonna go taco. Hey, Cassie. All right, here's here's my answer. Burritos are just too big. <laughs> you know, tacos, a light morning snack, perfect for breakfast, perfect for lunch, you know, a light dinner. You can you have your protein, your veggies, your fruit, your, your grain, <laughs> your fruit if you want fruit, you know, your dairy if you want cheese. You can pack it all into a taco. I feel like a burrito. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Breakfast tacos are a staple to SA, and oddly, they're not everywhere. Like, you guys ever travel and you want to get a breakfast taco, but I, then they don't have them? I lived in Florida for for four years. Their breakfast of choice was bagels. I'm like, a bagel? What a breakfast taco? <laughs> breakfast taco? There was no breakfast tacos. Like, it would be crazy. Yes, it's crazy. Or they're ridiculously nasty or ridiculously expensive. I mean, I'd, I'd have my mom mail me uh, ranch style beans. I like making my bean and cheese tacos with ranch style beans. Oh, wow. Don't judge me, but they're awesome. <laughs> you should definitely try it. Especially if you're making some bacon too, bacon bean and cheese with some ranch mm-hmm. style beans, yeah, cheddar yeah. cheese. It's the way to go. Um, wow, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Dude, I, I never thought about that. Never thought yeah. about that. Chris so, recipe. Yeah. end with a recipe from Chris. <laughs> you go to a tournament at Texas Gaming Nation, you also get some tacos. There you go. Ranch <laughs> style beans. See, there you yeah. go. You can start your own taco business. Yeah, and if anybody is interested in, in esports, definitely hit me up. 210-260-5233. You can edit that out if I'm not supposed to 
just put my phone number out there. But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, even if, I, if I'm not doing something, I'll point you in a direction that I, you know, I feel like they are doing something uh, that can help you or point you into a group community where they can assist you from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the future. I know Ansley okay. is as well. So, and congrats on becoming a moderator in the Smash group, Ansley. That's awesome. Yeah, that was, that's pretty new. Cass, you want to add anything? No, I think we, we covered everything. And I, like I said before, and I'll say it again multiple times. Thank you. Thank you, Ansley. Thank you, Chris, for providing information, being a resource to the community. It really is an amazing, an amazing circumstance that we were able to put our heads together, work together and collaborate. Yes. So thank you. And it's just the beginning. Thank y'all for giving us a platform to be able to have our voices heard. So. Not, not a problem. So I'd like to say thank you again to Ansley and Chris. We'd like to share your contact info with us before we check, before we check out. Uh, you guys can contact me at my email, ansley.partosa at gmail.com. That's A-N-S-L-E-Y dot P-A-R-T-O-S-A at gmail. Chris Sons, uh, website, www.texasgamingempire.com. Uh, you can text me on my cell phone, 210-260-5233, or email me, texasgamingempire at gmail.com. Awesome. Cassie, she's with the Esports Committee. You can always reach her at the Pan American Library. Edward, y'all can always find me at the podcast team. And I'd like to say thank you again for San Antonio Public Library podcast team tuned in. Please check out our events at mysuffer.org slash events. And thank you again. Have a good day. Hey, thanks for listening, and get connected on mysapple.org with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Pinterest, Flickr, Instagram, and follow tuned in on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music.